The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hey, it's Jesse coming at you between Mondays with a special bonus episode on the coronavirus, or more specifically, the new state of work that has suddenly arisen because of it. Across the world, people are finding themselves on quarantine for a few days, a week, weeks in some places. Here in New York, we're still reporting to the office, but we're talking about contingency plans. There's this feeling that at any moment, things could change. My friend Kate Burson moved to Milan a year and a half ago. With the outbreak in northern Italy, Milan and the surrounding towns have had quarantines in place. I called her up and I wanted to share our chat with you. Hey, Kate Burson, welcome to the Hello Monday studio. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. So where are you right now, Kate? I'm in Milan, Italy. Yes, but where exactly in Milan? I'm near the central station in an office, actually, where there are other humans. Yeah, so you're in an office, so let's start there. So uh, you were on quarantine in Milan, and then this week it shifted. What's, What's the deal there now? Um, so a week ago on Sunday, uh, there was a really strong reaction by the government and, uh, one minute everything was normal. And the next minute they said, we're shutting everything down. They shut down the schools, the universities, all bars, museums, uh, gyms, everything was closed. And so it went from a, a moment of normalcy to like the world changed, but nothing in, in our lives changed at that moment. Um, and then uh, after kind of studying uh, the patterns for a week, uh, the government started to be more lenient. And now they've started to reopen uh, stuff in Milan. So the Duomo is open, museums, um, bars with tables are open. Um, so some, some normalcy is returning. But universities are closed, right? Some businesses are still closed. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of the businesses, especially international ones, have gone to remote working. Um, so that's decreased the number of people also in Milan. Uh, with the universities closed, a lot of the students have left the area. Uh, so, And then also we've had uh, a big reduction in tourism. There have been a lot of flights canceled into, uh, into Italy. And so the city feels like uh, it's like maybe half occupied. So what impact has this had on your life personally, Kate? What's it like to be there? Uh, it's, it's slow. Uh, it's very slow. Isn't Italy always slow? Yeah, and imagine it like doubly slow. <laughs> so that might be a great thing for a New Yorker who needs a break. Um, and yeah, I mean, but w- what is nice about Italians is they take it all in stride. Um, so there is some hysteria, but for the most part, people are, are kind of flexible and going with it. Uh, people are, there is no social life really. People cancel dinner, there are no events at night. So you really have to like the, the people you've chosen to live with if you live with people. <laughs> okay, so you're newly married. Um, do you, do you, did you before go to offices each day, you and your husband, and do you now? Um, so I was actually working mainly from home before. So my life has not changed all that much. 
Um, and but in my husband, they the first week they gave people the option of working remotely, uh, but they still were really going into the office on a regular basis. Um, it's more the um, uh, I don't know. I think a lot more of the international firms where I think there's a, there's anxiety when you aren't at the kind of the epicenter of the activity. And you want to be really responsible and, and make sure you're, you're taking care of your people. Um, when you are there, you can, you can feel the situation out more. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm curious, do you know anyone or know anyone who knows anyone who's been sick? It's amazing. And I keep asking this question, but the answer is no. Um, I even have a friend here who came over. She's Japanese Italian. She came over from Japan, where uh, there are more cases there than in Italy. Um, and she also doesn't know anyone. But um, I mean, when you look at the numbers, they're still, despite uh, it's seeming high and it's growing fast, you have it's a really small number of people in a large pool. Yeah. Um, and I think that you you can't tell that unless you're in the middle of it. But Milan, I mean, Milan, millions of people live in Milan, right? I'm, am I right about that? Right, right. I mean, so the region, the the main region that's been the center of attention is Lombardy, and that's uh, 10 million people. So it's like New York City, uh, but over a much larger uh, geographic territory. And so just like there are 10 towns that have been under lockdown um, for about 10 days. Tell me a little bit about your, your day-to-day under quarantine and now under post-quarantine. Yes. Yeah, so, um, it's, uh, for me, I work from home, so it's been, uh, you know, it hasn't changed that much. The transportation, everything works. Um, the, uh, the thing that I was actually most excited about was, um, I take Italian lessons here. And so kind of like, uh, like a kid hoping for uh, a snow day. I was hoping for a uh, Corona break uh, from, from my Italian lessons. And no I was no such luck. I was really impressed with the, with the company. They wrote and said, we're here. Uh, if you need to cancel, no problem, but we're ready to teach you. <laughs> so uh, it's been interesting because I've been going into areas in rush hour where I'm used to seeing thousands of people like in the center area of Milan, which is where the Duomo is and uh, Galleria, and it's just empty. Um, there, there are more pigeons than people there, so it feels it feels really eerie. It feels like something out of a movie. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. 
I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Kate, I, I understand that you went to Italian lessons, but do you think that most of your neighbors are going to Italian lessons? <laughs> so they told me, my teacher told me uh, that in the first week, 500 people canceled their lessons. Uh, this week, apparently, there, there are a few more who are deciding to come back. They feel more comfortable. You know, it feels to me like that represents one of the most difficult challenges of this time, whether you're in Milan or New York or Silicon Valley. Um, there is a sense that there is a danger and there is a sense that it is just ahead and that no tools that we have can prepare us. And there's no way to wrap our mind around it, it, what it is. And so it leaves us in this constant state of anxiety. And one of the biggest challenges of this moment is just to figure out how to navigate that anxiety. Does it feel like that where you are? Um, I am, uh, yes, because I, I am not someone who's very sensitive to uh, diseases. And I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm very healthy, I'm fortunate. But there's this there's this anxious feeling that I have. Like we don't go out. Restaurants are open now, but we don't necessarily want to go out to dinner. We don't want to be around people. I've, wa I've never washed my hands so much before in my life. And like what they say about the virus is, it's I guess it's about like a flu, maybe a little worse. No one wants to get that. But like the fear and anxiety I have over it, I don't quite understand. I mean, it's like, well, it's about a responsibility to society. Well, if I get sick then I'm exposing and affecting the lives of all these people around me. And, you know, that's, that's not, that's not fair. If it happens, I'm responsible and it happens, so be it. But um, it's, it's, it's also just an interesting moment in this kind of crazy uh, world where we are taking care of each other, which I think is really important. That's a beautiful way to think about it. And I confess, I don't, I hadn't framed it that way in my head, and it changes the stakes that this isn't so much about whether I get sick, I'm healthy, I will hopefully, knock wood, have a good outcome if I do. It's about whether I pass this on to someone who may not have the antibodies that I have. Yeah, correct. And that's why I think we're taking these extreme measures to protect those people. Yeah, so you're a couple of weeks ahead of many of us in the United States in terms of the impact of coronavirus in your community. Uh, what advice do you have for us? And I mean, think small. Like, should we run out and buy toilet paper? <laughs> I have heard about toilet paper shortages in Japan, but I will say uh, Italy's got a lot of it. Uh, I would imagine America has a lot of toilet paper, too. Uh, but number one thing I would buy is antiseptic uh, that we have not, you know, 10 days in, I still can't find it anymore. And that's the one thing I wish I had so I would not have to go to the sink every five minutes. Um, yes. Uh, the, the other, like, just small piece of advice I would give to people is just be, be respectful of each other because everyone has 
kind of different different concerns and some people are going to be kind of a hypochondriacs and, and others aren't and it's like whatever it takes to get through it. You know, Kate, uh, that's interesting you say that too because I've just noticed that many of my peers are much more short-fused than than usual. It's it's like we're all a bit more fragile than we otherwise might be. And so things that have nothing to do with coronavirus are blowing up and becoming big deals just because we're all stressed out. Yes. Uh, yeah. And just everybody take a step back and uh, put it in perspective. Put coronavirus in perspective. Um, and when the world does slow down, try to let yourself enjoy it. So what are you doing to enjoy it? Uh, watching Homeland, <laughs> which I don't know that that's the best escape. <laughs> that is really not the best escape. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time with us, Kate. We'll check in with you again. Maybe we'll check in with you again later this spring if you're around. Sounds great. Cool. Great. Bye. Okay, that's it for now. If you've changed your working habits because of COVID-19, please write to me at hellomonday at LinkedIn.com. For now, this is Jesse. Please wash your hands. See you Monday.